to the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host from Invent. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Construction Big Breakfast. Today, we have two hosts from Invent. We've got myself, Sarah Hall, and joining me is Vinayak. Hi, Hi. Vinayak. Um, and we've got two special guests joining us from Acceler, which are Charlene Baker and Chris Fry. We're delighted to have you on. Hi. Thanks. Hi. Hi there. Hi. Um, so we always start this off. Um, today we're going to get into some really good stuff talking about sustainability, um, climate change, different effects that are going on in the UK and the world as well, including a little bit of a dive into the coronavirus and how that's affecting those different topics as well. But we always started off with what did you have for breakfast? So, Charlene, what did you have for breakfast? Every day we sit down and we have porridge. So, porridge. I have porridge. But porridge with frozen berries of some kind. So, today it was, we had blueberries, blackberries and strawberries, and then some pumpkin seeds as well. Oh, that's good. That's nice and healthy, balanced. Um, Chris, how about yourself? Yeah, maybe not quite so healthy. Uh, <laughs> I, and are you talking about first breakfast or second breakfast? Oh, yeah, I assumed it was first breakfast. Yeah, well, we have a hobbit tradition. You know. Yeah, in quarantine, I mean, we're all having second, third, and fourth breakfast. So take your pick. Okay, yeah. So I had um, I had a fried egg sandwich. So uh, with a little bit of black pepper, and uh, yeah, I do I do like a fried egg sandwich. Delicious, savory, love it. Vinayak, what'd you have? Um, I had exactly what Charlene had: orange with berries and nuts. Oh, so um, it's my usual weekday uh, breakfast, which has not changed, even though we are in quarantine. So. That's good. Nice and healthy. Um, myself, I actually had a smoothie this morning. I kept it a little bit light for my first breakfast. Um, fresh bananas and berries and a scoop of greens. And then for second breakfast, I had crumpets with butter. So totally canceled out the smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> Balance. Balance. Balance, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so how about you tell us a little bit about what Acceler does and dive right into that. Love to tell our audience all about you. Yeah, that's great. I'll, I'll take this one. So um, Acceler was set up last summer and it was really formed um, to really help clients navigate the transition to um, kind of a low carbon society, thinking about clean growth and helping everyone get there quicker. So I think everyone appreciates we have to do more around this and kind of reach our net zero targets, but also just do things in a in a way that's more sustainable. So that's how we set up. And since going for what now is about eight, nine months, we're beginning to find out where our kind of place is almost. And we find we're working a lot on policy and strategy, um, really helping think, people to think about how, how they navigate that, um, that transition. And we're working in areas around kind of infrastructure, built environment, energy sector, um, a lot with policymakers, local authorities, and then we've got some private clients as well. Awesome. Yeah, it's, been, it's been interesting. We've been doing, um, getting some really great opportunities to, to help clients think at the front end of their strategies. So, um, you know, think, you're thinking about this big picture, what's changing in the world, what needs to change, and how much of that is directly relevant to them, how much is more indirectly. Uh, so yeah, doing some kind of early framing pieces of work around, around sustainability strategy really. Um, and then also some deeper research and it brings me back to some of the stuff I've done in the past around you know, bringing the world of um, economic development and looking at the financial models as well as the, um, the technical and 
sustainability issues and bringing all that together as a whole and and also getting to work with some people that we've worked with in the past so we're doing a lot that's collaborative with um, with other firms large and small to bring real kind of niche expertise together with some of the broader thinking that we have as well that's awesome so it's been about eight or nine months you said since you started the company and what inspired you to start it then and, and take off on your own well i think um Chris and I worked together quite closely at a previous employer. I think we kind of enjoyed working together and um, kind of working together to really focus on clients' outputs and yeah. giving them value. So I think we kind of put our heads together and thought we could do this in a way that um, is really focused on our clients and think focused on output. And then we also wanted to create a company that kind of has baseline principles that everything we do is kind of good for the environment thinking about kind of creating a culture that is good for employees yeah. um so it was a new way of new way of doing it and a challenge a new brand new challenge of setting we up we love a, a challenge it's interesting that what you've mentioned is very diverse when you it's not just about sustainability or strategy or bringing those two things together it's also about economic development it's also about being pragmatic and make sure that it works as a business or a, when you look at analyze it through uh, financial models. Um, and construction is, you know, always had the worst image when it comes to being one of the forefront creators of carbon emissions and things like that. Um, do you think construction as such, especially in the UK, is doing enough um, to uh, tackle this climate challenge? Well, I think, um, I think the sector's doing doing a lot now, um, but has been relatively slow in some areas to really pick pick up the baton. Um, and also, you know, this goes along with the digital challenge. And this is partly why we, we set up the company as, as we did, was seeing not only is there that big imperative to go, go faster and help clients to go faster, but also there is an opportunity with um, digital transformation, you know, fourth industrial revolution, et cetera. And, you know, don't need to tell you guys that that has been relatively difficult to get moving in the construction sector mm -hmm. um, for a number of reasons and some of it is about you know projects being transient and teams being transient and uh, complex supply chains and so on but but also um, it reflects maybe um, the value that's been put on certain things uh, against other things as well in the past so and I think if you put carbon into that mix um, it's been an area that has been uh, some of the direct emissions have been reasonably well understood, but the, the, the construction uh, industry it has a very very large and diverse supply chain, and, and that's where carbon gets very very complicated. Not only for construction, but also for other industries that have global supply chains and so on. So, um, yeah, I think there's a there, there is the ball is rolling, but there is an awful lot to do in construction, uh, and I think also that reflects into some of the other areas like. Um, uh, air quality, biodiversity, natural capital, some of those other things that um, the construction industry has a part to play in um, and is yet to really understand how it can drive that as an opportunity and, and a value add as opposed to just a compliance risk issue where it's yeah. trying to reduce it, trying to do the best it can, um, but but between the clients, supply chains, um, it, it's not getting uh, in the past, it hasn't been getting kind of a central uh, a central position in, in the thinking, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, isn't it? Because 
back in the days when uh, construction viewed safety and challenges towards managing safety risk was started up as a compliance issue, but nowadays you can see businesses taking the lead on innovating and finding new ways to uh, ensure safety uh, for all the stakeholders involved in a project. And hope we hopefully will see that uh, transition within the business as well. Um, but taking it away from construction, but going a little more, you know, macroeconomic. Uh, when you look at UK as a country or other leaders in sustainability and managing climate change, um, who are the biggest players in the market today, uh, uh, right now, who are leading uh, the the charge almost? In terms of countries, or in terms of uh... in terms of countries and our businesses. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, the, there are a number of countries that have set an ambitious net zero uh, target. I mean, we're, we're certainly amongst them and UK is the biggest economy probably that has set such an ambitious target. The rest of the EU is is more or less on the same track or will be soon. Um, uh, some of the Nordic countries have already gone further and faster, but maybe have um, less diverse economies or have particular pathways that they can follow to achieve that decarbonisation, but not, not taking anything away from you know what they're doing and the leadership they're showing around around the agenda, um, but I think um, it, it's going to take um, it's going to take a real joined up approach um, uh, globally uh, to, to do this. Um, and what's interesting, I think, is how does the UK play to its strengths whilst also um, getting its own um, emissions under control. So playing to its strengths is, is then going to be hopefully in areas where there's a there's a value, there's an opportunity. Uh, so that's a commercial opportunity for UK uh, organisations and organisations working in the UK, and that they can then translate that into um, capabilities around the world. Um, but secondly, um, that's then a responsibility. You know, have a responsibility for for doing that and and showing and demonstrating what what is what is possible um, as well. So, and you've got to sort of look at areas. Um, like finance, for example, you know, green finance is a, an emerging area and, and the UK financial system is looking to um, help to use its power and its um, capability there to green the world of finance globally um, and, and play a big part in that. And what um, does that look um, like, green finance? Yeah, so it's it's um, it's many and varied things, really. There was a, there was yeah. a, um, a new... Uh, green finance strategy. I say a new one, it was the only one we've ever had. So the first yeah. green finance strategy was launched in the UK last July. Um, mm -hmm. Coincidentally, the same month that we launched. But, you know, again, it's another piece of the jigsaw that was yeah. falling into place around the time where we're thinking, you know, this has got to be the right time to do this and to put yes. Excel in the mix here as well. But um, yeah, the, the green, um, green finance strategy, if I remember, is talking about um, greening the finance system. Right. So, so um, that is about um, all of the financial services and products. Uh, you know, everything from mortgages, investments, mm. um, through to insurance, through to related professional services. All of that should have a green lens. Yeah. To some ex to some extent, we were getting there with things like the um, environmental, social governance (ESG) factors right. and responsible investment that was coming in, but it's really pushing that into all areas of the finance system and, and proliferating that out. So that, that was kind so of, linear, yeah. Yeah, so that's a whole system-wide thing. But the second strand was about um, financing green. So then that's saying, so we've got one is greening the whole system and the other is looking at um, 
putting more finance into green projects. So mm. again, we've already been doing a lot of that, say, in renewable energy, but as yet we hadn't um, perhaps created the markets to make things like natural capital and biodiversity yeah. investable in the same way. So, so uh, an energy efficiency retrofit is an area we're working on at the moment uh, uh, with some local authorities and so on. And we're we're finding that you know we've had a number of attempts in this country around that. Part of the issue there is about the finance mechanisms, mm-hmm. and so we need public money, but we also need maybe private mechanisms as well around that area as well. So, um, and then the third thing, so the three strands. The third strand in that finance strategy was around realizing the opportunity. So that's back to saying, and this stuff doesn't, yes, it's going to be hard. The transition is going to be hard, but it doesn't have to be cost, cost, cost. There's actually a way of then turning the economy into um, uh, you know, making the most out of that. And mm-hmm. as a country, we can do that. And uh, all other economies around the world can, can do that to get everybody aboard. With mm-hmm. that. So, uh, How can we make making green more profitable as, instead of just costing? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is it also about the fact that there might be projects that might not go through because it's not sustainable? Do you see a world where that could uh, happen? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I think you're already you're already seeing um kind of big players making much like very different investment decisions now than they would have say even three two three years ago. Um, So I think they are becoming much more attractive and some of them are much more stable. I mean, we've got the current uh, kind of stock exchange plummet at the moment, but out of all the stocks, it seems that kind of um, green, more sustainable stocks are not safe at all, but are performing slightly better. And actually there is, I think there's much more will around um, to start investing in that properly. And then you start seeing the returns. And I mean, there's been a big shift around kind of renewables and now you can actually get your renewable energy is cheaper than kind of traditional coal. And so things are changing definitely. And it looks totally different for me from a couple of years ago. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we talk, the energy sector talks about stranded assets and so on. And, and there's a big realignment going on now with the net zero pathways and uh, and looking at, where um, you know where those transition technologies are going to be, and then new things to invest in as well around you know a hydrogen um, yeah. infrastructure and so on. Um, but I think you know to your point, other construction projects also need to be recalibrated. Pro- strategies, programs, policies, mm-hmm. and individual projects. Um, more or less all of them need a bit of recalibration. Um, none of them are perfect. They may they mm-hmm. may be doing really well on carbon, but maybe they're not as resilient as they need to be. And we've yeah. seen through. Uh, the winter time, you know, flood uh, risk and resilience needs to be viewed in a different way. We can't build our way out of that that trouble either. So, um, so yeah, most things I think need to be recalibrated. And I think around the extreme, some projects will have to be completely rethought uh, right. or or cancelled. Um, that recalibration, I think, is inevitable, um, uh, and it doesn't have to be bad news for uh, the construction sector. But I think. We, we will see during this transition some of that happening. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look, if you come bring it back to buildings, you know, um, we shouldn't be building anything now uh, in the way of, you know, domestic or non-domestic buildings that isn't net zero. If, mm-hmm. if we are, well, we're going to have to retrofit it. So we're actually going to have to build something and then retrofit it again between exactly. now and, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. So. Um, so yeah, a lot needs to be recalibrated. Obviously, we will. We will still have some 
things that are in the pipeline that are not quite optimized but i think things which are not yet committed not yet on the ground i think we'll see we'll see quite um quite a lot of change now in, in, oh. in and it's it, this is interesting too because we've just actually released a white paper last month um, about industry 4.0 and is construction ready for industry 4.0, and um, we launched that at the ICE and it was really well received and it did a lot of deep dive into how far um, major players think that they are in advancing um, industry 4.0 and it's a really interesting read for sure. I'm not sure if you guys have had a chance to check it out at all. Um, but it's definitely an interesting read, and I will plug that into the podcast here for people who are interested in learning a little bit more yeah, about great. that. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we are living through really you know tough times. You've mentioned the stock market mm -hmm. in, uh -huh. in history, and you know things like Lloyd's Register closing after almost well, it's been more than a century ever. Um, so you know, in, in view of COVID and all of that. Uh, that's happening around with people being, you know, like sh shooting this podcast at homes. Um, you know, people have started to accept the fact that they can work from home. Not everyone, not mm -hmm. every obviously. Um, however, that has had, you know, a slight positive impact on the environment as a whole as well. Um, do you think that is, just, you know, if we can do it now, um, there's always a saying that never waste a good crisis. So, um, should we do more? Obviously, we should. But where can we do more, um, and what can we learn from uh, living, you know, through these uh, tough times? I certainly think kind of it, it it proves the point that people have been talking about that we can live in a different way and we can think about not taking transport as much and taking your car out as much. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, we are living in you know a suppressed time where. Are things going to pick up afterwards? And then I was actually talking to a client just last week who um, they were wondering if there's going to be a, a kind of a, almost a psychological shift that people might move away from public transport because they've been made aware of the risk of being around lots of people and will car usage actually potentially go up? So okay. I think, yeah, it's quite it's quite interesting. And I mean, for me, there's, there's some real positives and we're seeing it on a global level around, you know, air quality, Locally, I can there's a huge difference in the kind of noise levels from lower transport and traffic. Mm -hmm. So I think we can demonstrate it can be achieved much better, and people can take advantage of technology a lot more. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think we will see a real ramp up as well for people to kind of stimulate and catch up the economy. But I'd love for it to be something that we can. COVID will, it's such a major world event. And it'll be life after COVID. And I hope one of the things that we can positively kind of spin on that is we are able to change and adapt. Mm -hmm. um, I think but I'm yeah. sure there's some areas which which will suffer potentially. No, oh, definitely there'll be some economic damage. It's it's astonishing how many employers quickly realized that they were able to make sure that people could work from home. And I think before there might have been a little bit of stigmatism around that as well. Even though we're in a huge shift towards towards digital working, there's also some stigmatism, I think, around um, employers really trusting employees to work from home, you know? But then when you're, I heard this quote the other day and it said, because we're in the COVID crisis, you're not working from home, you are working at home during a crisis. And I think that during this kind of um, almost, you know, experimental phase of how to work during a pandemic, it's a bit different than how it would be progressively moving on into the future because we're adapting to it and then also having the added, you know, stresses that are coming into our lives and then 
trying to juggle schedules as well. So lots of kids are at home now as well instead of being at school. So it's a slight different um, atmosphere than hopefully it will be in the future. But um, a shift to being able to digitalize a lot more things would also help sustain in the future as well too. Yeah, I think, I think. I think you know, yeah, I think like you say, digital is a, such a um, enabler for mm -hmm. what we're saying about this, this big transition over the next decade or so. Um, around carbon, around mm -hmm. nature and, and resilience. I think digital is there to be harnessed. I think we're seeing during the crisis, new, new ways of thinking about that. We're also seeing, you know, great inventiveness from mm -hmm. companies, you know, businesses, um, as well as, you know, the, the um, public sector charities. And there's a sort of blurring of the lines of some of those things as well to say, you know, what is, what is that mission we need to contribute to at mm -hmm. the moment? So you're seeing, you know, repurposing of university facilities to Definitely. help to make protective equipment and to innovate faster and mm -hmm. and so on and you know so there's a real kind of spirit there as well which is positive and I think um, because we're looking as a world to maybe transition into a lower carbon society anyway then that transition can maybe uh, be we can come out the other side of the crisis and know how to uh, know how to do things more quickly or transition more quickly i suppose because we've had and to do some things really quickly during the yeah we have and it, this is an interesting point too because my brother um he works at a company in canada and they make ai um different ai machinery and stuff like that they've actually switched to making ventilators and it happened in an instant they were like we can make ventilators easy peasy so that's what they're doing now and um, seeing that shift is really positive. You see people coming together and being able to collaborate in a different way and create something that they didn't necessarily think that they would ever be creating. So there's a big shift there. So yeah, if, if businesses can be agile, mm -hmm. um, you know, because we've, we've seen that in this crisis, um, can we do that in the long run and be more sustainable to, so that we can hit those targets and be more um, you know, aware about how one business can learn from each other and be more agile um, to deliver the targets that we've you know, signed up for. Yeah, I mean, we, we're doing a, a fair bit of work where we're looking to pinpoint market opportunity as well. So some of our clients are looking to bring a technology or a product into the UK or trying to grow that uh, as, a, as a UK business. And so a lot of we're doing, and we're expecting to spend more and more time doing this kind of work actually. And, and um, we're working with a big data house partner and they've got sort of 30 years experience doing this. And they're, they're very good at looking at emerging markets and things around the edges um, and either looking at it from here's a technology, what else could that technology usefully do for the world or looking at it as a whole sector maybe um, or uh, profiling businesses and so on. So I think, um, I think there'll be quite a lot of that. Um, and it, and it's, it's surprising, actually, where you look um, uh, look at how strong we already are at some of the things we're going to need for the sustainability transition. Mm -hmm. So, but some of that's hidden. So the obvious stuff is there. You know, the the companies that make the um, wind turbines um, uh, or install them offshore. That you know, you've got the the logo on them. You know who they are. Right. Well, actually, in my local area, so I'm here in Hampshire. And um, the local enterprise partnership has just looked at its low carbon economy. And I've been kind of working with them a bit to help them um, shape some of the thinking around that. And they've been sort of looking, and this is Enterprise M3, and they've looked at the sector and realized that 
um, they've got actually 10% of the whole low carbon um, and environmental goods and services sector within just this one area of, of Surrey and North Hampshire, um, well, Surrey and most of Hampshire. Mm -hmm. um, 10% of the UK's um, uh, productivity is there. Um, and some of that is in wind, but it's in, for example, drive systems and control systems and actually working with businesses which are relatively agnostic. They're very capable at working in the low carbon sector, but they work in, you know, really clever uh, control systems and drive systems for whichever industry, manufacturing or whatever. So um, some of that is kind of we've got these hidden depths as well to, to uncover. So I think it's going to be a really interesting time challenging time some businesses have to reevaluate you know on the hoof where their new markets are others will have a bit of a bit of an opportunity to do that and still carry on with their core business but i think that, that there'll be lots of people asking that kind of question maybe um particularly coming out the other side of the crisis yeah definitely and aside aside from the crisis um if you could kind of simplify one thing that somebody could do in the construction sector just to be a little bit more sustainable what would be something that you would recommend for companies looking to do a little bit better, but maybe not knowing where to start. Yeah, I mean, I think I think um, a classic is, I suppose, materials and waste. You know, materials and waste. We've probably had different waves over the last few decades, really, of of understanding that and doing more to segregate waste. Maybe doing more to look at your um, percentage of recycled material. Maybe going in recycled aggregate, recycled um uh other materials and so on but i think you know it's relatively simple and that is that is um core to more or less every construction business and certainly every construction project there is material in and there is some waste now every waste um you know every ton of waste you produce has got to be bad it's got to go somewhere for a start but you've also got to handle it you've got to put all those people in the chain of handling it and then you've got to spend fuel on transporting that off-site again so, um, yeah, keep looking at materials and waste. You know, there are uh, many, many other things you can look at, but, but that, that will always save you a little bit of money um, and start to give you a bit of efficiency as you go to look at that resource efficiency or circular economy, if you can look at it in a, in a broader sense. So, yeah, material and waste. Mm. Excellent. That's really good. Um, so, for Accelerate, for all of our viewers, this was a really good chat. Um, for all of our viewers, how can we get in touch with you if we're interested in learning more about um, Acceler? So our website is www.acceler.co.uk and you'll find our details, our little bios on who we are and um, where to drop an email. And we're on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. Awesome. Usual, usual social media channels. Awesome. Yeah, get in touch. So we're always happy to have a have a chat because we're Definitely. we're early in our business we want to understand what everyone else is doing and you know we're really open to having those kind of conversations definitely yeah. and outside of outside of the covid crisis we actually did meet i met charlene at a networking event so yeah. um we're always uh seeing you guys pop up at networking events so hopefully <laughs> once we come out of the crisis on the other side we'll see you at some uh infrastructure and construction events around town and it was yeah, a real pleasure it. having you guys having you guys on the podcast today. So um, to all of our viewers, thank you so much for watching. Um, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, this episode will be available in two weeks time on Fridays at 9am uh, GMT time is when they air. And uh, you can find them on invent.com, which is spelt with two N's, of course. And we will see you on the next one. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye from Bye. me. Bye. Come to invent for the highest R&D tax credit you can claim. 
We help construction businesses get back millions in tax credits every year. Contact us today for a free review. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.